Today's scripture reading is Ecclesiastes 12, 1 through 8. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come, and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few, and those who look through the windows are dimmed and the doors on the street are shut, when the sound of the grinding is low and one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song are brought low, they are afraid also of what is high and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home. And the mourners go about the streets, before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Good morning, church. Um, Church, I know we're all feeling the weight of what's going on in our country, in our world, and um, I want to acknowledge that we may be feeling it even more acutely this morning as we come to our text. The text for today is, is about youth and aging and when we meet our end. Um, and it can be a heavy topic, um, but I, I also want to acknowledge that through this text, God is speaking to us something that we, um, we may need to uniquely hear in this moment. Um, life is precious, and this, this text reminds us of that, and these times remind us all the more of that as well. So as we prepare to hear from God's word today, uh, let's go to him now in prayer. Heavenly Father, in your providence, you have a word for every time and every season. We pray that you would use your word now to speak to us. Lord, let us hear what it is that you are saying. Help us to respond appropriately in our lives and in, overflow, in an overflow of worship to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you consider yourself to be old or young? I, I realize that's, that can be a very subjective question, so let me ask it another way. Um, if, if you are an adult, think about what you were like as a kid. What did you look like? What kind of toys did you like to play with? How did you spend your time? What did your life look like as a kid? And what do you feel when you reflect upon the child that you once were? Or maybe if you are an older adult and you you yourself now have grown children, stop and take a second to simply ask yourself, where has the time gone? Does it feel like one day you just blinked and then all of a sudden they were grown adults? When did your children grow up? Or, or uh, also kids. I know that we have the kids, we have our kids with us this morning. So if you're a kid, can you raise your hand? I just want to just give me a wave and so I can see. Okay, awesome, awesome. Kids, 
Um, kids, think about the people. Take a second. Think about the people that brought you to church this morning. Maybe even t- take a second now and turn and look around you to your left and right and see who you came to church with. Maybe that's your mom or dad or your grandparents or an aunt and uncle. Kids, do you know how old that person is? You, you, don't, you don't need to say it out loud. <clears throat> do you have any idea how old they are? Kids, does that seem old to you? Do they, do they seem old to you? Kids, I want, I want you to take a second and imagine that you are the age of one of those people. Maybe it's the age of your mom and dad or your grandma or grandpa. Think about when you are their age, what will you look like? What, what will you be like? What will you do? What will your interests be? And now think, how, will you, how do you feel about the idea that one day you will grow up and become older like them? Well, in, in our day, we may not need to have as much of an imagination as we once did because nowadays we have technology. And so you may have seen pictures of people that show what they might look like as they age. So, so for example, here's some pictures of some celebrities showing what they might look like years from now. Maybe as we look at these pictures, some of us can identify more with the person on the left, and we imagine what we will look like when we we become the person on the right. Maybe some of us identify more with the person on the right, and we are remembering back to what we once looked like when we were on the left. Many of us are maybe somewhere in between. Kids, here's here's a projection of what this girl might look like when she's older, And here's a projection of what this boy might look like. (laughs) I don't don't know if that one is quite as believable, personally. He looks kind of like a strange (laughs) man-child. And then there's this kid from the 90s. And this kid, I think he's changed a little since then. Uh, But kids, if if you figure out where that kid went, let me know, okay? I haven't seen him in a while. Kids, I know it probably feels like it will be forever until you are old, like your parents or your grandparents. But this message is especially for you. This message is especially for us if we are young. But this message is also for all of us because we're all aging. How do we respond to this? Especially when we all look through time to our own end. As we age, how do we, how do we deal with the unstoppable marching of time? How do we face this? Our passage today in Ecclesiastes has something to say about this. And in a nutshell, what the scripture says to us is to remember your creator. Remember your creator. If you haven't already, open up to Ecclesiastes. We're going to start in the end of chapter 11 and go on to chapter 12. And I know we've been in this book, this book of Ecclesiastes for a number of weeks now, but let me give us another quick refresher on how the book of Ecclesiastes works. The book begins with a narrator who frames the book, and the narrator introduces an unnamed teacher or preacher whose voice we hear all throughout the book until the narrator concludes at the end of the book. The teacher is unnamed, the narrator simply 
calls, calls uh, the teacher Kohelet, which is the Hebrew word for, uh, for, for teacher or preacher. Um, so if I say teacher or preacher or Kohelet, don't be confused, it's all the same person, all right? And Kohelet embarked on this quest to discover for himself what the good life is. So he had heard many people say a lot of things, but he wasn't just going to be satisfied with taking their word for it. He wanted to see it and discover it for himself. So anything he could observe or do or experience under the sun, he did in his pursuit for the good life. And at the end of this exhaustive search, after exploring every single possible way in the maze of life, after looking everywhere anyone could possibly look, around every corner, every rock under the sun, he concluded that all is hevel, which is a Hebrew word which may be various translated as meaningless or futile or vanity or smoke. If you've been joining us for, for the last few weeks, it's been quite a ride. And as we get closer to the end of the book, let me tell you where we're going today. First, we will explore the teacher's wisdom. The teacher's wisdom is where we will see what he says about both youth and old age. And then we're going to take a, a step back, and based on that, we're going to consider the teacher's choice. That, that is the decision that the teacher causes all of us to face as we age. And then finally, we're going to look at and consider the gospel's promise, where we discover how all of these things come together and find their resolution in the person of the Lord Jesus. So let's begin and let's, let's consider the teacher's wisdom. The teacher's wisdom. Our teacher, Kohelet, shows us the wisdom that he has discovered for both the young and the old. He's going to explore these two seasons of life and he's going to state the advantages and disadvantages of each of them. And he's going to positively tell us whether we're old or whether we're young to rejoice. But as is typical with the preacher, the negativity gets the final word. So look at first what he says to the old in chapter 11, verses 7 and 8. He says, Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. What Kohela is saying here is that life is a good thing. Light here is a way of symbolizing the goodness of being alive. Kohela is affirming life here, saying that, saying that life is a sweet thing to taste and to cherish and to delight in. And the more you see the sun, the more of the sweetness of life you're able to taste. The birth of a child, the more Christmases and Easter's and birthday celebrations you can enjoy, more friends and family relationships to have and experience, more wonderful times and more wonderful joys in life. These are all wonderful things in life. Uh, that, that long life enables one to experience. And the longer one lives, the more of this sweet light one gets to taste and enjoy. So if you live many years, enjoy and rejoice in them all. But Kohelet, ever the pessimist, can't help but remind us that the opposite is also true. 
the longer you live, the more you also taste of the bitter days of darkness. As days increase, so does the darkness. Suffering from bodily aches and pains, disease, heartbreak, the more funerals you will attend, and the more bad news you see on the screen. And so Kohelet concludes his prescription for those who are older with his familiar refrain, all that comes is vanity or hevel. There's this, there's this perplexing frustration we have. We have this intuitive sense that this is not the way things should be. Because it seems like, it seems like the, the longer your life is, the better off things should be. The better off you have it. But as we all know, life isn't as simple as that. There's this ridiculous contradiction that although long life is good, it also comes with a lifetime of pain and sorrow. And so Kohelet concludes that old age is hevel. And that leads us to what Kohelet says in chapter 11, verse 9 about youth. He says to the young, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. Like he did earlier, he starts out positive. He basically says, since you have so many dark days ahead of you, do what you can to enjoy the beautiful sunny days of youth now while, you're, while you still can. Squeeze every last drop of sweet joy out of the life that's in your young life. Be cheerful. Do what brings you joy. If you see something and your heart desires it, Take it and taste the sweetness of it. But he says, don't get carried away. Be careful of what you desire and take. If you party hard, don't be careful not to party too hard because one day you will have to give an account to God for how you rejoiced. And already we're sensing some some bitter disappointment mixed in with the sweetness of youthfulness. But then Kohelet says in verse 10, remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. He's basically saying here, all of the advantages of youth are eventually going to fade in time. So enjoy the good things about being young while you still can. Enjoy having fun. Make good memories with your friends. Laugh. Enjoy the opportunities that youth provides. Enjoy a body that is free of pain as long as it lasts. Eventually you'll find that your muscles become weaker and your bones will ache. But until then, enjoy being young and healthy. And then once again, he ends with the sobering but true observation. Youth and the dawn of life are vanity. This too is hevel. As good as youth is, it just doesn't last. Like smoke, it appears, but it quickly dissipates and vanishes. Here one second and then gone the next. And then in chapter 12, verses one through eight, he describes what this is like with vivid metaphors. And it's difficult to say exactly what all of these metaphors specifically refer to, but, but generally it's describing how the youth and vigor of life inevitably escape each of us over time like smoke drifting away. 
the light of life that was characterized by energy and vitality is dimmed as we approach the sunset of our lives. The pleasures we once experienced with such richness in our younger days begin to dull as our senses fade or maybe disappear. The windows of your eyes that you see the world through are dimmed. Your once strong shoulders, back, and legs grow weaker and your frame begins to bend. Your hair turns white or falls out and you lose your teeth. And eventually, as verses 6 and 7 say, the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. So this is the teacher's wisdom. He tells us to rejoice in the time we have, whether we're young or whether we're older, because life is fleeting. And so now that we've taken a second to hear the teacher's wisdom, let's take a step back now. And based on what we've heard, let's consider the teacher's choice. The teacher's choice, let's, let's consider the, the decision that this text causes us to face. How are we going to respond to what Kohelet says here? I think to some degree it depends on how we understand Kohelet's teaching. And I think that depends on um, if we are more of a glass half full kind of person or a glass half empty kind of person. Here, here's what I mean. If, if we're more of a glass half full kind of person, we tend to hear Kohelet's message as mostly positive. Youth and life is fleeting, but here's how to best enjoy it and make the most of it. But if we're more of a glass half-empty kind of person, we'll hear Kohelet's message as mostly negative. Life is good, but filled with trouble, and then you die. It's really interesting when you study the book of Ecclesiastes to see how this book has the ability to, to divide a room between these two camps. And I don't think I'm going to resolve that, this issue here, uh, but regardless of which, which side you lean more towards, I, I think both sides can agree that the teacher's wisdom presents us with the choice. And I think that choice is something like this. We can either ignore that our days are numbered or we can remember our creator. What this means is we can, we can either live our lives all on our own distracted from the fact that we will grow old and our days of darkness will come. Or we can live remembering our creator and his good gifts every day that he gives us to live. And if we make the first choice, we can, we can choose to live it up while we're young, which, which is great as far as it goes. But where does it leave us in the end? I wonder about those here with us who are, who are on the older end of this spectrum. I wonder how many would say that they also thought they had all the time in the world and they would be forever young. One moment graduating from high school, but then you blinked and decades went by. On the inside, you might, you might feel 25 years young, but then you look into a mirror and you're like, who is that person staring back at me? And you wonder what just happened? 
as Kohelet tells us, time is fleeting. So for those who are young, this is especially for you to remember. Learn this lesson now while you're young. Learn from the wisdom and experiences of those who are older than you. And for those, for those who are older, share your wisdom with those who are younger. We all need to learn to value intergenerational relationships. Let's live our lives well together all of the days that our creator gives us. And the more time that we have, those of us, those of us who are young, the more opportunity we have to remember our creator. So don't let the time slip past you. Enjoy your life. Remember your creator and his good gifts every day. So that when you are near the end of your days, you can look back without regret, knowing that you lived well. Because the temptation we can often have when we're young is to not think too much about the future, to not think too much about what it will be like when we're old, to kind of just assume that we'll always be young, we'll always be healthy, that our bodies and our senses will always be strong, and that we have all the time in the world. And this can lead to the kind of living that Kohelet pursued, going after whatever his heart desired, whatever his eyes could see. And I think we all do these things sometimes too. And I think the young, I think, are especially prone to this kind of thrill-seeking. And maybe these, things are, maybe these things are great for a while. And maybe we don't experience any ill consequences right away. Maybe eventually those things will catch up with us. But even if we don't, Kohelet tells us that one day God will bring us into judgment for the things we did, good or bad. Eventually our youth will slip by us like smoke. So will we live for the smoke? Or is there anything solid that we can truly grasp and hold on to? It's that question which takes us to the last point for us to consider today, the gospel's promise. The gospel's promise. It seems like nothing in this world really lasts. Everything is hevel. Everything is fleeting. Even our age and youthfulness slip through our fingers like smoke. And so there, there's, this, there's this frustrating irony to aging, <clears throat> which is summed up in the old saying, youth is wasted on the young. So there's this, there's this inverse relationship between wisdom and youth. The old have wisdom, but no longer have the fullest ability to enjoy it. And the young have their youth, but often without the wisdom. It's, it's, a, it's a maddening situation that we all have. But here's where the, here's where the good news of Jesus is so, is so wonderful for us. In Christ, we find something beyond the brokenness and futility of life under the sun. In Christ, we find a new kind of life that is different from our own. A kind of life that doesn't dissipate like smoke, but instead only grows stronger and more vibrant in wisdom and strength as time goes by. So see what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. It says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal way of glory beyond all comparison. 
as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. This text faces us with the reality that the things in this world we see are transient. They're fleeting and will soon disappear. But this text also shows us that in Christ, something real, something firm and solid has broken into our life under the sun. In Christ, we can begin to see through the fog. Because God in the person of Jesus has entered into our world and he has shared in our experiences so that we may enter his new kind of life and share in all that he is. So our our outer selves inevitably age and waste away. But the, the promise of the gospel is that if we are in Christ, our inner selves are being renewed day by day as we share in his life. And this text says that however wonderful our present youthfulness with all its vigor may be, it's nothing to be compared to the eternal way of glory that is ours in Christ. And what's more, not only do we get to share in Christ's wonderful future, we can also begin to experience this inner renewal now. Outwardly, we may be growing older and falling apart little by little, but inwardly, inwardly we are being made more new every day. So what this means then is that Christ is not only our creator, but he is also our redeemer who brings a reversal to the tragic lives we've all been subjected to. So this, this sermon is for all of us. But much of it has a special focus on those who are younger. Um, so, so likewise, um, here, so, so likewise, I, I, I want to also address um, something special for those who, who are older. If you're older, you may be, you may be thinking about this and, and, and thinking of some regrets that you may have. Are there any memories of the past that pain you? That you wish you could go back and change, but now it's too late and you can't go back? It could be about anything. But maybe it's how you spent your days of youthfulness. Or how you didn't remember your creator when you were young. Here's what the gospel promises to you and to all of us. Christ can redeem whatever time you've lost. No matter how old you are. And no matter how close you are to the end. Christ can redeem whatever brokenness we have. As the old song says, earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Because Christ has entered into human history, he is able to redeem our history, whatever it is. And one day when we see him face to face, I, I expect that we will marvel, will marvel with tears of joy in our eyes at how the places of deepest pain and sorrow were redeemed by our loving Savior into the most beautiful spectacles of glory. How firm a foundation we have in Christ. No matter how young or old we are, in Christ we have new life forever. Because Christ has not just given us the lives we have now, but he also redeems these lives under the sun. And because of that, this passage calls us to do one more thing. What this passage tells us is to remember your creator and redeemer. 
Remember your creator and redeemer. Whether we are young or whether we are old, we can remember Christ, our creator and redeemer. The old can rejoice in all of the light that they have been able to experience in their many years. And the young are able to rejoice in their youth. But neither season will last forever. Everything is heavy and quickly passing. It's a truth that we all know somewhere in the back of our minds, but we might want to ignore, prefer not to think about. But this book presents us with the choice. Will we ignore that our days are numbered, or will we remember our Creator? This is a, this is a choice my own grandfather, uh, we called him Grampy. We called him Grampy. This was a choice he made many years ago when he was young. He passed away in 2020. Um, but I was just reading something a few days ago that um, he wrote years back. He wrote out some of his story and some of his testimony of how God had worked throughout his life. And in that, he recalled one occasion when he was only 12 years young, and he realized that he had a choice to make. He could either busy himself with all the fleeting distractions the world has to offer, or he could remember his creator and redeemer and live for that. And he wrote, after deliberating over this choice for a few days, he decided he would live remembering our creator and redeemer. He had found something firm to lay hold of, both in days of light and in days of darkness. Jesus, the creator of all things, who may give us youth as well as many years, but also the redeemer who is making all things new. And the same can be true of us, whether we rejoice in our youth or many years, whether we have most of our lives ahead of us or whether it's, it's mostly behind us. We can choose to live every day remembering our creator and redeemer. Though outwardly, we may be wasting away one day at a time, inwardly, we're being renewed. In Christ, we find something firm. We're redeemed from all the hevel we begin to see through the smoke. And in Christ, we find something that we can rejoice in forever as we remember our Creator and our Redeemer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have not left us to this this heavenly experience under the sun, but that you have entered into our world to take a on upon yourself what we are so that we may ourselves share in, in what you are. Thank you for Christ, our creator and our redeemer. May we remember him and trust in him as many days as you give us. In Jesus' name, amen.